Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hey, welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. You heard it right there. Eye on the Hill 2021. We, as we march ever closer to this year's general session of the Utah State Legislature, we're going to keep a close eye on both the legislation before the bodies, as well as the legislators behind it. Uh, there is always, uh, there's always something that impacts your life greatly. And uh, what we're going to do this week, as you heard yesterday, we'll continue today and through the rest of the week, we're going to uh, introduce you to uh, incoming legislators, those who are starting in their first session in the respective bodies where they work. And joining us today is Chris Wilson, uh, Utah newly elected Utah senator, represents uh, a portion of Cash and Rich Counties, uh, a Republican. Uh, senator Wilson, welcome to the program. Thank you. Well, thank you, Lee. I appreciate you uh, inviting me to be on your program. And uh, yes, we are going to be under the watchful eyes. That's that's for sure. So I appreciate <laughs> you having me on the, the program. Thank you. Uh, I, I've described you as, as a senator, as a Republican, and, and not much more. Please fill in the blanks. Tell us who you are. <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate that. I, I've been a lifetime uh, resident of, of Cache County. I uh, grew up here in Logan, uh, graduated from Logan High, went on and got a degree at Utah State University. And then I, I'm, uh, I own a Wilson Motor Company, which is a new car dealership here in Logan. I'm third generation. We've been in the same location here in downtown Logan uh, for 77, almost uh, going on close to 78 years. Very grateful for my grandpa who started Wilson Motor in World War II and my dad who carried on the legacy. And, and I really appreciate the opportunity they gave me to join um, our family business and be able to raise my family uh, here in, in Cash Valley. I've been very, very appreciative of that. And that's one reason why I got involved, uh, you know, in politics is I just uh, very, very lucky, uh, grateful for the people of uh, you know, northern Utah to be able to support uh, my family and, and, and our business. And just trying to give back to the community uh, that's been so generous to, to me. You, you and do, I just appreciate them. You do represent uh, one of the most beautiful portions of the country. Uh, it's just an absolutely precious place, and I envy, I envy you able to rest your head each night in, uh, in that beautiful region. You, I'm sure, learned much from the two generations of auto dealers that preceded you. What lessons did you learn in the business that you'll bring to the legislative session when it kicks off? That's really a great question. I think the thing that uh, my dad and my grandpa instilled in me is really hard work. Um, you know, putting in six days a week is, is nothing new. And it was a small business. And many, many small business owners out there are going to be nodding that, yes, you know, owning your own business, it, people always say, oh, that'd be just awesome. But, boy, 
you know, the, the buck stops with you. And, and, boy, it's a lot of hard work and effort. And, uh, you know, I've been here for, boy, 40 years. Uh, you know, hard work just does pay off. And that's something they've instilled in me and, and something that I'm looking forward to with the session. Yeah, boy, it's already begun as far as meetings and meeting with constituents and, and uh, different agencies and public officials and different things. It's, uh, it's been very interesting, but it is a lot of work. Uh, right now it's a full-time uh, job being the you know a leg- legislator and and uh, you know obviously the session will be up there uh, many many long hours I'm looking forward to it so I think that's the thing that they kind of instilled in me is you know hard work pays off and and I'm not uh, I'm not too nervous about the hours uh, that's going to be needed to represent. Uh, the people of the 25th district. We're speaking with newly elected Utah Senator Chris Wilson. Uh, you heard him mention there the full-time legislature. It's a full-time job. There is one thing that just comes to mind. I'd like to make clear for folks listening. Utah is a little bit different. Uh, and in fact, each state's either legislature or assembly, however they term the legislative body of their state government, uh, they do it differently for a number of different reasons. Here in Utah, we have a, a part-time legislature it gets together for uh, just a, a portion of the year, uh, and then legislators like Senator Wilson here, they go back uh, to their, their families, their homes, their normal jobs. It is just for a portion of the year that they dedicate themselves full-time uh, to the legislative needs of the state. Elsewhere, though, for example, in New York State uh, and others, it's a full-time gig. And so the, the type of person who reports for duty, the type of person that seeks uh, elected office, it's very different. I find us lucky here in Utah to be able to have a part-time legislature so that the folks that represent us end up being members of the community who have you know, the same types of uh, stresses and needs and responsibility for maintaining a household income and a household economy as, uh, as the rest of us. Uh, it's a special thing here in Utah. Thanks for letting me uh, distract from the conversation. Uh, Senator Wilson, oh, no, you— no, go ahead. No, Lee, there was a great, great point. If I can just interject one thing, and one thing about it here being a, a small business owner, I, mean, I, I talk with constituents, I talk with uh, you know employees and vendors every single day, uh, and so it, it does. It gives us a chance to to be a part of the community. I was in the meetings in Washington D.C. the first part of December, the end of November, and I met with a, a, a gentleman who was serving the legislature in New York. He brought New York up and. I think he told me they are full-time, as you mentioned, and they get paid somewhere around $120,000 a year to be a representative in New York. And, and he was telling me it's crazy. He said it's, it's a crazy situation. He said n- very, very little gets done. He said everybody uses it as a way, obviously, as a job. And so he said it's very, very tough to get anything done in New York because of that. So I agree totally, Lee. It's a great point uh, that you make that, yes, it's definitely a part-time a legislature, and and uh, I hope we never never look to change it because I agree it's a it's a great great way to do it. All right, now let's get specific. You're heading up to Utah's Capitol Hill pretty soon. Uh, when it comes to priorities and legislation that you'll be working on and have your hands on, uh, tell me about the work you'll be doing. Well, I, I really feel really really uh, blessed, very lucky to be able on on the committees that uh, the Senate leadership was very very. Uh, good to me, and, and it'll give me the opportunity to work on a number of things. I think number one, you know, education is always going to be, you know, one of my top priorities. Uh, with Amendment G being passed, uh, our executive appropriations uh, recommended, I think, almost four, $400 million in additional funding. And that's over 200 and something million above what was promised with Amendment G. And part of that is the $1,500 stipend uh, out to our hardworking 
you know, education, uh, employees and educators, both teachers, administrators, and all those that help, you know, aides and in the library and lunch. And they've, they've really been dedicated, worked really hard. And so this is just a small token of the appreciation of the hard work they do. And and, and very, very grateful. And we're hoping to uh, early on in the session to go ahead and, and get those funded. Obviously, our economy is a big, a big issue right now with COVID-19. We need to try and get people back to work. We need to economic development. Uh, and then with the COVID-19, we need to look at the health department. I'm on the Health and Human Services uh, Committee, and we need to look in, uh, at the, uh, maybe so we're better prepared uh, for the next possible pandemic. We can learn from, from our mistakes and things that we did, and so we're in a better position uh, when that happens again. So, boy, there's so many things, infrastructure, uh, roads, our growth. we got to make sure we have smart growth. And then we're, we've got about $80 million set aside for a tax cut. I'm on the Revenue and Taxation uh, Committee, and uh, we'll be looking at uh, different ways uh, that we can uh, help uh, both people that are reducing taxes on Social Security, uh, military retirement, and also trying to restore uh, some dependent exemptions that were uh, taken away from the federal tax reform. So, uh, boy, there's a lot of things. I think we're going to be very, very busy. People keep saying this is going to be a different session than normal, but gosh, to me, it's my first session. So anything to me is going to be normal. I'm just trying to be, um, uh, you know, learn uh, sure. as much as I can and, and listen and, and uh, learn from uh, you know the other the other senators. They they've been very very helpful so far. Outstanding. Well, listen, uh, Senator Wilson, I am grateful to you for coming on the program, introducing yourself to this audience. I am uh, sure that we will be connecting again uh, in the future. Congratulations to you and best of luck as you head into this uh, legislative session. Appreciate. It. Thank you, Lee. Appreciate you having me on your show. All righty. Uh, all right. We're gonna take a break here in a moment. When we return, uh, I gotta make good on a promise I. I made to you earlier. You see, when we started the one o'clock hour, the president was speaking from the border. And then, inexplicably, there's the FBI delivering their briefing on what transpired in in the United States Capitol a week ago. We cut over. There's some of what the president said that you haven't heard. I'll share it with you next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.